Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Hello, welcome to Telling Everybody Everything, Back to School Edition. It is September 6th. It's a Tuesday. A lot of kids went back to school yesterday in the UK and uh, in America. I think yesterday was Labor Day. And in Canada, I think it was also a holiday. For Violet, it was an inset day or something involving staff, not students. So she went back to school today. I was very grateful to our local nail tech who removed her hideous summer acrylics. I understand, young ladies especially, that having claw-like plastic bacteria trap fingernails is the aesthetic that you like, you know? It, it communicates to people, hey, I don't wash dishes, and that's fine. Um, I don't know about your personal hygiene, like how you really go about that since I heard Cardi B say a, a, a terrible thing tell a terrible story about having stabbed her own asshole in the shower. I don't know what was going on. But look, you like the vibe and that's fine for you. Not fine for me. I can't stand acrylic nails. I think that you should always have your nails neat and tidy. If you can afford to go and have them manicured at a salon, then it's a great thing to do. But if you can't, you can achieve that at home. It is an ancient Chinese, actually, like most things. Um, Asian aristocratic practice to get artificial nails attached on. And then that went through generations and ages and morphed into, you know, it's a status thing because it costs money and people do that. However, when I criticized acrylic nails online the other day, there was this girl who was like, um, your Tory is showing acrylic nails are for working class people and we can see that you hate them. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm working class honey buns. And my daughter who loves acrylic nails goes to a private school and has been privileged well her whole life. Even when I was poor, Violet had a great life. But I mean, she's definitely in the top percentage of super privileged posh kids. She has a better education than I do. And she loves acrylic nails. So I don't think it's a class thing. It's a working class thing. Certainly not. If it is then that's very recent. Historically, acrylic nails are a symbol of status and wealth. They always have been. And this girl, I mean, I don't know why. I don't always reply to people. I just like, I'll pick one message now and then. And sometimes it's a nice message and I reply. And sometimes it is a shitty message and I'll reply because I don't care. And uh, this girl, her comeback was like, because I said, don't accuse me of being Tory and anti-working class when you don't even know where acrylic nails came from she goes they're originated by the gay queens in America I was like babe nothing has originated in America whatever they tell you don't believe them that country is new as fuck and she's like don't you have a baby to feed what like the baby eats 24 hours a day I mean in fairness Fred eats pretty much solidly all day and all night all right fair play fair play to her that was a decent slam But it got me thinking about 
uh, criticism in general, I'm always trying to teach people my special program of not getting riled by things. And I um, was going to tell you this week on the podcast about a very famous celebrity who I have heard from my agent and from his booker that this person doesn't like me. I think hate is a strong word. I think I heard he hates me, but I don't think he hates me. I just think this person doesn't like me. And I don't really know why. I don't really care why, because I know I haven't done anything. I mean, there was an incident. I wouldn't call it an incident. It was like a big BBC dinner that I was invited to years ago as new talent. I mean, at the beginning of my career, I was so very green. And I was really nervous to be there because there were some established presenters, comedians, actors, musicians at this dinner. And I was sat next to this person whom I admired. And I thought, oh my gosh, I was going through a tumultuous time in my relationship. I was going through a tumultuous time in my life. I hadn't really found my comedy voice yet. I was really shy. People find that hard to believe. I mean, I think I'm kind of shy now. And if I'm not drinking, I don't, I have kind of not social anxiety. I'm just bad in social situations. I'm like quiet and I don't know what to say. And I don't think I was drinking and I was really shy because this person was very talented and famous. I didn't want to sit next to them, but I had to sit next to them. And I don't know what the chat was. I don't remember because this was honestly years and years and years ago. But I would have been underwhelming company at best. And sometimes when I get really nervous, then I say the wrong thing. What's worse than saying nothing is saying the wrong thing. So I might have said something stupid or something offensive or something embarrassing. I don't remember. But I think I remember that our interactions weren't, you know, didn't go well. I don't think that person would have been impressed by me at the dinner. Whatever was going on in my life, I was not the ideal dinner guest. Certainly not sat next to him. So anyway... I've never worked with this person. I have never worked with this person ever. And projects come up now and then with this person and I don't get them. (laughs) And it's kind of weird because my peers, my counterparts, a lot of people that have done the same as me, a little bit less than me, a little bit more than me, they've all worked with this person pretty much and I cannot get booked. And my agent for some reason is like, let's get you working with this person. And I'm like, I don't care. That's fine. I don't need to work with everyone. And uh, finally, I think my agent reached out and was like, why can't Catherine work with this person? And the booker was flatly like, oh, he doesn't like her. or He hates her. (laughs) And my agent was like, why? What happened? I don't understand. I'm like, well, who cares? You know, in, in life, you need to be okay with the fact that some people aren't gonna like you. What's the old saying? You could be the juiciest peach and some people don't like fruit. So I, I don't put a lot of energy into trying to guess why this person doesn't like me. Our only interaction has been the dinner from like over a decade ago. And then I was thinking, well, did I ever slag this person off publicly? Oh, and by the way, I'm not saying who it is. I was going to totally say who it is because I don't give a shit. And then I was saying to Bobby, oh, is it Patty if I mention who it is? And he said, yes. And he said, you can't say who it is, Catherine, because as soon as you give a name, then it's in the press they choose what they want to print from your podcast. They don't always print the right thing. I said something in defense of the Kardashians a while ago, and it was reprinted as like, Catherine slams the Kardashians. And you know, Bobby's right. Bobby does not officially work in television, but he knows more than I do sometimes about human nature and the world and the media. And he's like, Catherine, just don't say the name. Don't cause this person, you know, any problems. And I was like, all right, yeah, that's fair. That's very smart. I will tell you the name privately if you ask me though. If anyone wants to reach out to me, I'll tell you. <laughs> but I would, you know, I don't want any problems with this person. Whatever. This person already hates me enough. Um, but my agent was like, we gotta get to the bottom of this. No, we don't, because sometimes people aren't gonna like you. Did I slam this person's mediocre ability to celebrity roast or can this person just read my mind? I don't know. So I Googled it. I Googled their name with my name because I thought, well, I don't know what it is. I really don't. And maybe I could tell my agent and then we could just put this to bed. (laughs) I'm sure that I deserve it. Whatever happened, I'm sure something happened and I'm in the wrong. And uh, nothing came up. 
nothing came up. I, I don't think I've ever publicly uh, or in stand up. And you know, and I talk about loads of celebrities on my podcast and stand up. I've never even mentioned this person, so I don't know what it is. But that brings me to I found a website called Tattle. If you are a young, hip social media person, you might already know that Tattle is a place where you kind of slag off influencers, I think, and journalists. It's a bit like a tabloid, but not for super like A-list people, more for local people, I don't know, soap people, people from Instagram and TikTok, I guess, I gather from having glanced at it. And there's, you know, the classic community on there of people who want to uh, voice their opinion about who they like and who they don't like. And it was very interesting to see this thread about me. Because as I read the comments, some of them were quite mean, but there were some legitimate questions on there. So I thought I would go through this Tattle thread that I found. Thank you, by the way, to all the users of Tattle. There is a siren outside, but I'm choosing not to close my window because it's a rainy day in London. We just got back from Scandinavia where I'm on tour. I'm on tour again next weekend. That's September 8th and 9th in Stockholm and Helsinki if you want to come. Some people don't even know I'm on tour. No matter how often I mention it, if it annoys you, there is someone in your office who doesn't know about it. So I have to mention it. But it's raining in London. I thought that would be very soothing for the podcast if you can hear some of it. Just gives some atmosphere. just makes it really lovely. Anyway, a, a lot of you have submitted some great questions, some really spicy, gossipy questions, and I'm super happy to answer them today. So here we go. Catherine Ryan, this thread began about a year ago. I can't find a thread for this woman. Every time I see her on TV, I wonder why her face never moves. Is it Botox? In May 2021, I would have not had Botox at all for a year and a half because I would have been pregnant back to back and due to have Fred a month later. So you cannot have Botox when you're pregnant, even though I'm friends with Dr. Nina, who is my Botox practitioner. If you want to find her, she's on Instagram. Ooh, she probably has a title thread, actually, because she's like an aesthetics influencer. Maybe I'll search for Nina in my private time. But um, she's a wonderful person. She, even though she's my friend, she won't break the rules and give me Botox just because I ask her to. Like she knows when I'm pregnant and she won't break the rules. So I would never go just in some random, if you are barred from doing something, do not just keep asking uh, less and less scrupulous people until you find someone to do it. So throughout my pregnancies, I never had any Botox. But in normal life, yes, I do get Botox probably twice a year. Also filler. But well, you know what? I haven't had filler for a long time, for a very long time. But also, I don't naturally really have a lot of frown lines or head, like forehead lines. So to answer your question, yeah, obviously dumbass, it's Botox. But also, I don't know. What do I need to move my face for? I didn't used to like her, and then I watched her on Taskmaster, and I fell in love. She's so genuine and open about plastic surgery, and she keeps her daughter actually private. I show Violet on social media now, and some people have asked me why. I think that's a very fair question. Every few days in my Instagram, people go, oh, thank you for sharing your family with us. May I ask what changed your mind? I think being a parent is all about assessment and uh, evolution and vigilance. And when Violet was really small, I was new to social media. So even though I wasn't really on TV at all until she was three, that's the first time I ever did eight out of 10 cats. I didn't put ultrasound photos of her online. I didn't put baby pictures of her online. Uh, I just thought I don't own her image and she should be entitled to that privacy. I certainly would never put nude photos like you people who do this I know you think it's cute and that's great because you are not a pedo so it's very difficult for you to see what some of the very darkest corners of the internet see but I implore you like do not put naked pictures of your kids in the bath or on the potty or like yeah I, I don't know because even the most innocuous things have appeared um, in these news articles on, on websites where they shouldn't. So I don't know. I really don't know what the answer is. 
But I do believe that babies kind of all look the same. Fred just turned a year old a couple months ago. And I think, to be honest with you, we will probably stop showing him on social media to give him some privacy for those very formative toddler and young child years. And I never take pictures of him crying or post any of that. And as for Violet, well, when she turned 13, uh, that was a few days after Fred was born, we put a newborn picture and she's like, well, I want to be included in this. And it's been a steady conversation about her friends having social media, TikTok, Snapchat, these things, what the boundaries are for that. And internet safety has always been really important to me. And we've had a very transparent dialogue about it all of Violet's life. And I feel like you can't just let them out and give them no rules when they go to uni and all of a sudden the world is like brand new. You have to give an inch where it's appropriate based on who your child is and what they can handle. So I do put pictures of Violet on social media sometimes. If she has okayed them, that's the same respect I give to my friends and my husband, by the way. I would never put like a bad angle or a photo someone didn't want shared. I would always ask permission because at the end of the day, you don't own anybody's image, not your own, not your child's. A child doesn't even own their own image, really, because they're not old enough to enter into this, you know, eternal contract with Instagram, who then owns their image. So I don't know. I don't overdo it. I don't really like her. Oh, here we go. And it's partly because she seems to see her daughter as an inconvenience or burden. I guess some of that is quote unquote comedy, but I sense a ring of truth behind it. Plus, she really overdoes the Botox. Did anyone see her on Have I Got News for You a few weeks ago? She was halfway to Pete Burns territory. That was 14 days before Fred was born. Someone posted that. And my face looked wild on that episode of Have I Got News for You because I had to take steroids in that pregnancy. Steroids, one of the side effects is you get this like loads of fat and water retention in your face which is convenient. But no, I hadn't had any Botox or anything. And uh, I mean, okay, if you think I talk about Violet's like she's an inconvenience, that's fine. But um, she's certainly not. In one of her tours years ago, she talked about how her daughter's dad was an older, famous TV star in the U.S. I've always assumed it was bollocks as it would have come out at some point, but it was definitely reflected in the storyline of The Duchess. So one of the reasons that I don't talk about who's Vi- who Violet's dad is, is just out of respect for like Violet and her own privacy. And also it gives me creative license to create this person who doesn't exist. So if you've seen The Duchess, Shep is a complete creation of my own mind. I thought it was so funny for me to have this girl whose ex was like a famous Irish boy band star who was washed up and he was a bad person but a good dad and she was a bad person but a good mom and I think that if I were ever um, serious about things like that then it would take away the opportunity for me to have a joke about them because when you have a joke or many jokes about an area of your life that you don't really talk about you're not slagging anyone off it's all invented you know you can tell a central truth decorated with little lies and that's what I always try to do I always try to paint a picture of a relatable truth that I have experienced and hopefully you've experienced but then I decorate it with little lies around it to protect people's privacy but also just to be entertaining so that part of my life isn't funny there really was nothing funny about it and I don't believe that it has anything to do with me even because he's nothing to me he's Violet's dad It's not funny. I would rather invent someone like Shep, and that's funny to me. Is anyone finding KR more and more unrelatable these days? Is this the same person? Yeah, that is the same person who says she doesn't like me just this year. Well, yeah, probably. Desperate for attention. Can't see the appeal myself, but I'm a straight bloke in his 40s. I'm probably not the demographic she's aiming for. Why are you on tattle? 
I know what you mean. I still like her and I appreciate she's honest about Violet going to private school, having private medical care, etc. But I've thought recently that she seems really, really bratty. She acknowledges her privilege, but the section on her latest podcast where Violet was calling her out for shitty behavior to service staff, I was like, okay, please rewind that podcast and listen to it. I did not have shitty behavior to service staff. Violet was criticizing me because someone made an ice latte with cow's milk. And I said, I'm sorry, I can't drink cow's milk. And he said, oh, it's not cow's milk. It's oat milk. And I said, trouble is I watched you pour cow's milk in it. And then you made eye contact with me. And then you went, whoops, and switched the milk and topped it up with oat milk. So like, that's fine, but you can't be giving people cow's milk. And I said it exactly as I'm saying it now. I was like, it will make some people sick. And then I paid for it anyway and tipped. And then I just kind of like snuck out and left it on the counter because I don't like to drink from a cow. And that's so funny that Violet was like, oh, mom, you were such a Karen when you wouldn't drink that latte. How many of you would have even paid for a latte after you witnessed that willful misrepresentation of the wrong milk? I challenge any service staff in this or any other country to please write me about an experience where I have been unkind to you or even a rumored experience where you have heard through like a fourth party that I tipped less than 20% or was not gracious and kind to service staff. A story like that doesn't exist because I am service staff and I prioritize their welfare And I respect them and I'm never unkind to them. That is so funny that Violet was calling me a Karen for not drinking that milk. And then you saw it and were like, yeah, that was really not cool. I suspect this might be an unpopular opinion, given how many positive comments are on this thread. But I think she's awful, unfunny, fake, and generally comes across as an arrogant, unpleasant person. I always change the channel if she pops up on screen, even if it's one of her dreadful voucher adverts. Well, that's fine. That's fair enough. This is 100%. Like you say, she always says how privileged she is, but then continues to brag and be a brat. When Violet called her out, I was loving every second of it. To be honest, I'm surprised she didn't re-record that part. That's because, oh, this is the same person who keeps talking about how they hate me. It's because I don't care. It's because I think that everyone's entitled to their right of reply. I think it's very interesting that a teenager believes... Her mom is a Karen for not drinking from a cow. I paid for the drink. I tipped for the drink. I just called this man out very politely with a smile for being like, I kind of saw you put cow's milk in it. And that is all that happened. (sighs) I used to think she was something else. But these past few years, she has changed massively. I'm hot and cold with her. More cold lately. I mean, it's interesting because what is happening? I guess my life is changing in that when I was introduced to the UK, I was a very uh, vulnerable, youngish and destitute single mom. And my comedy was a little bit more spicy back then because I think everyone's comedy was more spicy back then. And during the pandemic, and as I approach 40, I'm married now. I have a family now that is growing and um, probably my outlook on things has changed a bit. And I do have to be honest that I've had projects and specials that have changed my lifestyle as well. And that will always rub people the wrong way. Like we all evolve as comedians, really. But I think this self-deprecating thing of being like, yeah, but I'm just such a dumb whore. Like you can't keep doing that forever when it's not authentic to you. I used to talk about, you know, toxic relationships and this and that. I can't do that anymore. And I also appear on like a different type of show now, I guess. The only time I liked her was when she was on Who Do You Think You Are? She seemed genuinely sweet. Contrast that to an episode of the late night version of Countdown she did. And the actress who played neighbor Cheryl in The Royal Family was also on. Catherine did a little speech and wished she was absolutely misogynistic and vile. And every time the camera cut to Cheryl, she was laughing like a drain what? Who's Cheryl from the royal family? And what misogynistic speech did I give? Oh, Jessica Hines. Yes, she is incredible. 
Oh, she did the all-female version of Cat's Countdown with us. Okay, I just don't watch that show, Royal Family, but I'm a huge fan of Jessica Hines. What that was, babe, is not real. That was, uh, all women took over Cat's Countdown. I sat in Jimmy's chair, and we did like a suffragette episode of Cat's Countdown, which is a ridiculous premise in the first place. As we said on the show, definitely not what... Emily fell off the horse for. Um, yeah, that was like satire. We didn't mean the things that we said. So you're confusing real life with like our characters in comedy. All right, I get that. Okay, fine. I think Alex Edelman is Violet's dad as she looks like him. What? It's actually mad that people would say that. And actually, I've thought before how sad it is that Alex was a stepdad to Violet for years. And now he's just gone out of the picture. I hope he's okay with losing his stepdaughter like that. Well, first of all, Alex and I are very good friends, and he came into our lives when Violet was about six, five or six. I had never met him before that, so he is not her dad. Um, and also, he was never a stepdad. Like, no one I ever dated lived with us. Alex lived in America. He either lived in New York, Boston, or Los Angeles. So Violet knew loads of other comedians who would come around, who we'd go on tour with, who we'd hang out with, and they would visit, and Alex would visit sometimes too. And she always knew that, like, Alex is cool. He's our friend. My mom's dating him. It was never, like, a stepdad situation. I feel like (laughs) I wish Violet was here so I could be like, guess what? People think you look like Alex, and she doesn't. She doesn't. Violet weirdly looks like Bobby. Violet looks like everyone who isn't me. And if I didn't watch her be born, I don't know what similarities we have that I would (laughs) be able to identify her as my child. Fred also really looks like his dad and looks 0% like me as far as I'm concerned. I think I just have very recessive DNA. How is she so rich? She's successful, but other comedians who seem to be at a similar level of success don't come across anywhere near as wealthy. Well, some of them don't show their lives to the same extent that I do and they want to appear maybe like a certain level of humility and you don't see their houses whereas I love interior design I moved out of London to the country so that I could get a bigger house meanwhile in London I lived in a flat and I don't spend money on any entertainment there's a famous story about Jay Leno where he he brought a bunch of comedians to his garage. Like Jay Leno was like a real car man. He's always loved classic cars, all types of cars. And he opened whatever like amazing door he had to this collection of cars in the garage. And he said, well, this might be a rumor, but this is the story anyway, the, the urban legend. He said, this is what happens when you don't uh, have any interest in gambling, drugs, or sex workers. And my accountant said the same thing to me before I bought this house. I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm going to be like paying for this house for the rest of my life. And I don't really know. Like, is this a wise investment? And he said, well, you love your job and you want to work for the rest of your life. And you work really hard and you work all the time. And when I hear about people at that level losing everything, it will be down to uh, substance abuse or gambling or an entourage, you know, blowing it on their behalf. And I've never, like, I don't know if it looks like I have a social life. But even holidays, if it looks like I'm on holiday, I usually have a tour show there or I'm working somewhere or like I'm earning money on that trip. And then my family is sort of on a holiday. Oh, shit, they're my entourage who'll blow it. A lot of the beautiful clothes that I have are borrowed. So I do pay a stylist, you know, Jen, to to dress me for TV. But I don't own any of that. I don't own any jewelry. We don't own nice cars. Like all those sort of depreciating assets, though jewelry can be an incredible investment. I don't own any of it. Um, I don't have nice handbags. I mean, I do. I have two nice handbags. But I don't have like a wardrobe collection of amazing designer handbags at all. I have my house and I like fancy things. I do. But we mostly stay at home, cook at home, and I go to work too often to actually be spending any money. Has she ever mentioned what her husband does? Yes, me. 
I know she must be fairly well off from touring and TV work, but to sustain her lifestyle, he's a stay-at-home husband, I'm sure. I thought she said something along those lines one day. I've also wondered if she pays Bobby. How else does he have money, or is her money his too? Have you ever heard of a marriage? The level of misogyny with this just blows my mind. So a lot of ladies want equal rights. They want equal pay. They want all this equality. Yet, when they see a husband who stays home with the kids, they're outraged. They're like, well, what's going on here? Are you asking the same question of other comedians at my level, my peers, who have stay-at-home wives? Can you even list all the comedians that I'm friends with who have stay-at-home wives? I can think of eight off the top of my head right now who are my friends Some of their wives are ladies of leisure. Bobby is no man of leisure. He has a psychotic baby to look after when I'm at work. It's a hard job. And a teenage girl who's always up to some type of nonsense. And a country house and a lawn to look after. Like he's got things to do. And I really don't believe that anyone would be questioning it at all if I were a man. (laughs) I legit don't know what, if anything, Bobby does. I think he's just basically the parental childcare whilst she continues to tour and work. (laughs) Yes, because he's their dad. Catherine effectively flew abroad, ensnared him, and brought him back to be her living husband. True. Canada is the new Thailand. You heard it here first. Fly there. Find yourself a rural hunk who can turn your English garden into a Canadian lawn standard. I'm talking geometric lines, bright green grass, put lots of babies in you. It really does seem that way. You know, these are very fair questions. Cool. Well, you learn something new every day. Specifically, I thought Tattle was like for young, hip, like influencer age. It doesn't seem that way at all. It's basically mom's net. Okay, well, I really wish I could tell you who it is that doesn't like me just because I don't know. I like telling people stuff. I feel like if you had info like that, I would want you to tell me who it was. And I I just love that. I don't know. I just like knowing things. I got to get that out of my system somehow because things are none of my business. Oh, I was asking Bobby actually um, related to Violet's very damaging libel about me treating service staff poorly. I was asking Bobby the other day about um, why. So like a while ago, my wonderful makeup artist slash friend, Fiona and I worked on this production. We've worked on many productions together for the last decade. I'm very lucky when a production will book Fiona because it's good to have a comrade, someone who does your makeup very well, someone who's a friend. Um, It's good to have people that you love to work with. Good to have your faves. So we were on this project and we just didn't feel like the transportation was safe. The transportation took a long time. There were a lot of little fender benders. We were in unfamiliar territory and they were letting someone drive who was not like a hired professional driver. It was someone from the crew who we felt like might be tired and inexperienced on some of these roads. And at the end of the day, we didn't ask for anything special. We just said, we're actually going to book our own car and we'll see you at the location. Tell us the location. Tell us the time we'll be there. But we don't want to get in that car again. And everyone seemed to be kind of mad at us. It was sort of like a high school moment where we had separated ourselves from the pack and offended people somehow. And I genuinely didn't understand how I had accomplished this. I was like, oh, what? How How did I piss everyone off just by getting my own car? And that's what I do a lot of the time, according to Bobby, is if something, <laughs> if something's not going smoothly, I don't wait for someone else to fix it. And I know how a lot of my podcast listeners feel about Jordan Peterson. A lot of left-wing people really don't like him. Bobby listens to the Jordan Peterson podcast. My other um, American comedian friend, Lori Kilmartin, just posted his tour tickets are like, 300 to 700 dollars each she was like please someone cancel me because jordan peterson is killing it uh sarcastically of course and um you know i think there's a possibility in life to listen to something that is said and disagree with it but not 
decide to hate the whole person. There are things Jordan Peterson has said that I vehemently disagree with. There are other things Jordan Peterson has said that I find, at the very least, intriguing. You don't always have to have a position on someone. But he talks about this type of person uh, who just has to get things done. And it's got a lot to do with hyper-independence, which is a trauma response. And it's also got a lot to do with just competence And if you're a competent person, then if something is not going your way, then you just have the ability to fix it. So you do. And like that rubs people the wrong way. I don't really understand why. I'm not asking you for anything. I'm not complaining about your car. I'm not saying you sort me a different car. I'm just saying I'm going to remove myself from this situation and fix it. (laughs) And like I sat in the kitchen with Bobby and Violet and I was like, why? Why does that make people mad at me? I don't even remember how it came up. I think it's because (laughs) we were going somewhere. I just do it all the time. Oh, yeah. We we are on tour in Europe and we landed in Norway. And that was, you know, I would give the immigration line zero out of 10 because they had like two people working and they had probably 200 people in line and it took ages. And there was no separate line for like families or fast pass or this passport or that passport. it was just a mess but every airport and every airline and every travel experience right now is an absolute mess and I don't recommend that you go anywhere if you can avoid it holiday in the UK if you can take some time off and holiday in your own garden like pitch a tent kids love it roast some marshmallows stay the fuck home like if I didn't have to travel right now I 1000% would not so we get to the hotel and it's very difficult having a baby out of that baby's natural environment they don't have the safe proofing they don't have the access to like their kitchen and their food fred is someone who doesn't eat gluten yet i don't know if he's celiac or gluten intolerant i just don't give it to him but to fix you know his situation and to make it easier on everyone else i travel with his little gluten-free pasta he loves pasta so we land at this hotel it's an unfamiliar environment And I'm like, okay, please, can you make this pasta for Fred? And they were like, yeah, yeah, just ask our kitchen. Fine. So I go to the kitchen. They're like, we're actually closed until 6 p.m. Because these are like what young hip kitchens do now. They have lunch and then they stop and then they reopen. Well, that's fine in a cool restaurant. Be as hip as you want. But in a hotel, People are landing different times. And this is not a travel lodge. You know, we're staying in quite a nice hotel. And I need someone to boil this baby's pasta. And Bobby's very chill. Bobby's like, let's just give him one of the pouches of baby food that you brought. And I was like, no, this baby has been traveling all day. He's stressed. I need to get him out, get him exercising. I need to feed him a hot dinner. So I said, what restaurants have you got nearby? And they were like, um, we don't really know. And I just powered forward. I just put Fred in the buggy, took him immediately with Violet. We found a Japanese restaurant. They were so nice. They made him some like lovely steamed warm rice. And they heated up this baby chili cod carton that we had. And we mixed it. And he had like a hot dinner in a high chair in a restaurant. And that is what I wanted. But Bobby was like, the look on your face, like you couldn't relax until that was happening. And it's true. Like if I can't, I don't know why, but I cannot just be like, oh, okay, we can't feed the baby now. That's fine. Like, I can't be passive in a situation. But I'm not, like, saying you have to open your kitchen now. You have to boil this pasta for my baby now. I'm not asking anything special from anyone else. I'm just navigating those people as obstacles and, like, powering forward toward my goal. And I can't separate that from my personality. I cannot rest until the task that I need achieved is achieved by me in an efficient and safe and timely manner. And like it annoys people. Bobby and Fred have just come in the room. Fred, do you want to say hi? Say hi, Fred. Nope. <laughs> All right. Um, so the timing could not be more perfect. I would like Bobby to explain because obviously I can't explain it. Why my What this Jordan Peterson competence thing that he's talking about is where I have to take control of a situation that isn't going my way and like have tunnel vision until I can fix it. Ultimately, like I want to get along with people. Yeah, I think basically when you pull yourself, uh, for example, the the car service, 
when you pull yourself kind of out of the group and say, no, no, I'm going to take care of myself. It, the others may think that you're, you know, better than them. And even though you're just trying to get there safe, do things, you know, faster for everyone, kind of can rub people the wrong way if you're taking all the initiative on yourself. Well, we've had a couple of holidays. We have half board menu. And there's no bigger slap in the face than offering Catherine Ryan a half board menu. Uh, they'll be like, oh, we see you have the half board with your stay. And she'll be like, oh, no, do not want the half board. Do not mention the half board to me. I will not be even seeing the half board. I want to pay for the full meal. And then moments later, she'll actually notice something that she wants literally on the half board menu and still orders it. So I don't know what, what to say about it other than she's just trying her best, trying to get what she wants as fast as she can. And when it's not going her way, she does her best to correct it by any means necessary. It can just come across to others, not all, to others like, oh my God, what a cunt. <laughs> but I, I get where you're coming from, but I also get where they're coming from. Um, if you just kind of hang in there and just exercise a little bit of patience, you know, things will work out. But I don't want anything from them. But you haven't gotten to where you are by being very patient with many things. So <laughs> it's kind of a double-edged sword. With half board, I feel like I, we right now, especially eat out so regularly and we have it like experiences out so irregularly that like when I do decide to do that, I just don't want to be limited. I don't want someone to tell me like, you have to do it this way. That's what it is. That's why I hate the half board menu because it's someone saying you have to do it exactly this way. And I'm like, why do I have to do it that way? I don't want to do it that way. I, want, I might want to do it a different way. Yeah, but there's a way to like answer them without like just you know shutting the door right in their face <laughs> you could be like oh thanks i'll yeah, consider but it but i might order something else you, you don't have to be like no 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 please get out of my face i would never say I'm that i'm just kidding i'm exaggerating but how can you be nicer i'm not sure that you can um again without losing kind of the edge that you do have that again got you where you are i feel like i'm a man of the people and i can feel when people are a bit rubbed the wrong way I've got a sense for it. And with your travel things, again, people are just trying to be like, want to be part of a team. So when you're away on a production and you're just saying, no, I'm going to do it myself. You're just kind of singling yourself out. And then when they're in the group at the truck, you best believe they're going to be like, oh my God, what was up with Catherine? Why'd she just have to go on her own? There's a car coming in 10 minutes. Yeah, because and, then they, and then they, and then they're chatting and then it just, it's not a good look for team chemistry. Okay. That's all. I don't think I'm a very good team player. No. Would you say, like, having been on so many sports teams, I'm a bad team player? Is that what it is? You're just... I am badly bad to manage. Yeah, you're bad to manage. Although, the right person... Like, I like you being the family manager. I like that. Because I don't think you're an idiot. All right, they had to leave. Fred is so kinetic. He just doesn't stop moving the entire day. One of us has to be holding his hand and moving with him or he will smash into something. But he's a good boy. It's weird. He's like gentle and kind and he's clever and he can say a lot. But then when he's on the move, he's on the move and that's it. And he's trying to like make vehicles work. Where And a vehicle could be anything. Hey, so I've had some thoughts since they just left. I get what it is. And I didn't get what it is when Bobby was telling me in the kitchen with Violet. I got it just from this chat, the mention of the half board menu. And I laugh like kind of because it's embarrassing, but also because I'm puzzled because I feel that I make a point of wanting the best, not just for myself, but for everyone. I bust my ass 24 hours a day to make things nice for people in my family, to make things nice. I want things to be nice for the universe. I want people to laugh. I want everyone in productions to have a good time. I want everyone to have a great life and when I read or see people not having a good time I wish I could fix that too but I don't have control over other people and I don't want to have control over other people but I absolutely need control over myself and I don't like limits that's what it is with the half board when they go oh well you've like bought into this package that you didn't realize and so you have to have uh this and this and this I'm like well I don't come out very often I don't want that I will just pay extra to have the thing that I want because I want to fix that problem. I don't want limits. Even when I was poor, even when I was young, 
I didn't understand convergent thinking of like, this has to be done only this way. That frustrates me. I go, well, it might be better if I did it this way. And I don't need you to go out of your way. I don't want to inconvenience or offend you. But I see the way that I need to do this. And that's how I want to do it. So yeah, like I get fucked off when restaurants are like, no, we're closed. We can't boil that baby's food right now. You're going to have to give that baby a cold baby food from a packet. I'm like, well, I don't though. I can get around this. As for being bad to manage, if I see a leader in whom I trust that I am the greatest person to manage, I love it. It's so relaxing. Do you really think that me being a mom and a busy working woman, I want another thing to plan and think about? I don't want that. I don't want to have to do any logistics ever. My tour manager, Annie, is a fucking genius. And I don't have to think about any of the logistics for tour because Annie is so smart and she just does it. And anytime I work with Jimmy Carr, he is a born leader. I know exactly how that production is going to run. I fucking love it. When I worked with Phil Mount on Ready to Mingle, he's a great leader, loved everything he was saying, had no questions. I went with the flow. I did whatever he said because I had trust in him. Mia Cross, my favorite producer. If she's on something, whatever she says, I'm doing it. The Fullwell Brothers, same deal. Well, that's not their name. <laughs> Wait, is it? Gabe and Ben. Wait a minute. No, that's not their last name. That's not their last name. But they, they worked a production company called Fullwell. Why can't I think of their names? Like, Well, I guess we're not friends anymore. But look, I do... Definitely. Oh, Gabe and Ben Turner. Again, great leadership. I don't want to be the leader. Bobby always goes, you're a great leader. The last thing I want is to be a leader. Being the leader is stressful. But if I don't feel led properly, then I will have to divert. And if that makes me a quote unquote, sorry to use the word again, cunt, so be it. But I while I'm doing it, I love you and I want the best for you. And I wish your family health and wealth and happiness. Um, the other thing I was thinking about is the young lady who wrote on the message boards that I have changed in the last two years. I was just thinking, she is right. Something has fundamentally changed in me. And this woman said, I can't put my finger on it. It's not the pregnancies or the miscarriage or the marriage, but there's just something about her that's different. Yes. And you know what it is? the pregnancies and the miscarriages and COVID and everything like the energy crisis and the 12 years of Tory leadership. And I am finding it very difficult to carry on the way things used to be. The naivete of my younger life gave me a certain maybe spring in my step, allowed me to make fun of celebrities and have a laugh at my own expense and do this and do that. And now I'm like, I think maybe there is an inner uh, angst because I do find it very difficult to exist in what's going on right now and make it funny. I am finding that hard. The miscarriage stuff was very humbling, really bad and weird and traumatic. And then becoming a mom again, like that I, do you understand that I haven't slept in 14 months at all once through the whole night yet? And that's what every parent's going through. But yeah, a Louis C.K. And I, you know, I love a lot of his material, even though he's misbehaved and a lot of people don't want to know about him anymore. He spoke about why he was not attracted to young women. Now we know that that uh, is apparently <laughs> in real life false because again, we have stand-up personas and we have real-life personas. But uh, there was a young girl in the lift or something who was like, oh, I know I'm sexy or whatever was happening. And he said, no, I don't think that's sexy. I think you're annoying. I think my wife is sexy because she's had a lot of trauma and her eyes are like black, like the pupils and color bit of her eyes has gone like steel black because she's lived a life. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing a bit. It's a great bit. But yeah, there, there's maybe a bit of that. All eye-opening stuff in the end. Glad I read it. Glad we could have this chat today. Let's take a short break to listen to these messages. And when we come back, I'm going to answer your questions about you. Hold up. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This first email is about friendship. It says, Catherine, this is about a friendship with a couple I met nearly a year ago last November. I've supported them from day one when they started a new adventure of life when some family members and some of the friends started being nasty to them. I was there to help them and support them through the bad times, and I stayed with them through that. I've recently shared a lot of love for them, but the friendship has come to an end for no reason. It happened last week. They blocked me on all social media and WhatsApp. And just a couple of days ago, they sent me an email about me harassing and threatening them, which I've not harassed or threatened them. And they also said, if I contact them them again, they will take legal action against me, but I've done nothing wrong. I just wanted our friendship to stay strong. And they said I was their number one support and a perfect gentleman to them. I've done a lot for them. I've bought them things gifts and now they've done this to me I've also done a drawing for them I'm very upset and heartbroken the way they've treated me I supported them and they supported me when my mom passed away but it looks like the friendship's over for no reason I don't know what to do next well what you definitely do next is don't stop contacting them completely you don't need to get to the bottom of this and explain to them your position because they have made it very clear by blocking you and by threatening legal action against you that they don't want to be contacted. Now, this might not make sense to you because by your own account, you've done everything right in the friendship, but different people have different standards of behavior and different boundaries. And you don't have to agree with their boundaries or understand their boundaries to understand quite clearly now that they feel their boundaries have been crossed. So just, you're going to have to forget about them in life. There are some people who are here for a lesson, a, a season, or a lifetime. I think that's the saying, or the saying's very close to that. Some people are here for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. That's it. So these people might have been in your life for a reason or maybe for a season, but not for a lifetime. And that's okay. This is done. Move on and you will meet new friends. But I think, um, you know, some people might not want so much support. They might not be used to so much support. They might find that threatening, even though you know you're not um, being threatening or doing anything wrong. You will find the right group of friends for you. But when someone threatens legal action, if you contact them again, then you definitely, definitely cannot. And you just have to never look back. And that's all right. It's not about you. It's just about the two groups having different boundaries. Oh, this is a very exciting reaction to my comments last week about men like Elon Musk and Nick Cannon who claim to worry about an underpopulation issue in the world and have to have like minimum 10 kids with loads of different women. Catherine, Kia Ora from New Zealand. What? Has Rita Ora modeled her name off like a New Zealand greeting? If so, holy shit. Kia Ora, I guess, means what's up. No matter how these men spin it, it is narcissism with extra steps, and I hate it. If they really cared about the world population, they would be putting their enormous resources into caring for children who are born with no help from their magic rich man sperm in developing countries, who die of things that just a tiny bit of their money and attention could easily fix. Instead, they're just flinging genetic material at any woman who comes within a meter of them so they can carry on their genetic line whilst telling everyone how noble they're being. On a less scathing note, thanks for your podcast. (laughs) I'm a student nurse, married, and in the middle of an intense journey to adopt a baby. Your serene approach to life and wise mama outlook is appreciated every time. That's so nice of you to say. Well done to you for 
going down the journey of adopting a baby who needs your love and support and home. That is the right thing to do. You know, all of us who have our own genetic children are monsters, really. It's kind of uh, unsustainable, terrible for the environment, weirdly narcissistic when you think about it. Like there are people who are walking around being like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest dog in the world. I rescued her. But then they have their own kids. Adoption is a wonderful thing. I know so many adopted people now and so many people who have adopted kids and you're just going to have a fantastic journey. And I also have to tell you that I don't love my children because they genetically came from me because the moment they were both born, they were like little strangers that I didn't know. It's not as though this like wash of love came over me and I recognized them like an old friend and I was like, oh, my baby. Not at all. It was the loving and caring for them and the work that I put into them that made our love grow. So I know that that would be exactly the same with any chosen child. Congratulations. Ooh, this is a spicy throwback, though I think it continues to be relevant. I'm sorry if I get any of the details of this case wrong because this happened probably at least five years ago from my memory. Catherine, I hope you're keeping well. I'm intrigued to hear your thoughts on the whole Shamima Begum situation. I don't even know how to say her name. Let's find out. Shamima Begum. Oh, Shamima Begum. Well, I suppose I'd only ever seen it in print, usually in a tabloid being like, 15-year-old girls go off to be ISIS brides. They desert the country and should never be let back because they enabled ISIS. And actually, ISIS is all the fault of 15-year-old British girls, like everything. And it's also 15-year-old British girls' fault that I stare at them on the bus because why do they insist on wearing school uniforms? Rah, rah, rah. That's the context that I've read Shamima Begum in the past. So my thoughts on her, uh, if you are listening from abroad and you don't know this story, is uh, it was more than it was like eight years ago. Uh, these girls were groomed because they were 15. So looking at it any other way is bananas by men from another country who were ISIS fighters, apparently. And for whatever reason, they were wooed um, to this lifestyle. And they went to Syria, I believe, to join these men. And there was CCTV footage of them at the airport and all these things that they put on the news. And then the girls were, uh, I'm going to have to say alleged because I don't know. I never want to like say the wrong thing. But from my understanding, these girls were terribly abused. I don't think the life of an ISIS bride is probably a life of luxury or care or human rights. They had a terrible time. This Shamima had a bunch of children. And again, she left the UK when she was 15. She's only 23 now. And one of her children died, I think. And I also think her husband was killed. Some terrible things went on. That won't surprise you to hear. Whatever the details of these terrible things would be, you know, I'm sure they're far more harrowing than what I am able to remember off the cuff but basically she wanted to come back to the UK and the government was like or someone who made that decision was like no you can't we're revoking your citizenship because you betrayed us and I just feel like holding like I know that there are different levels of accountability for different crimes when you're different ages but to me I feel like in our society now we are starting to look at court cases, even domestically, where someone killed their abuser because she was a, an imprisoned teenager, but she went to jail for murder. And then you look at that again and you go, what? She was being held captive and assaulted and it was self-defense. You know, we're re-looking at, um, re-examining these instances with empathy and understanding and going, oh, all right, how could we have... Uh, convicted this young woman of murder so whatever she did I think the UK <laughs> shamefully turned their back on a child who was groomed into a terrible situation and to not welcome her back I mean what is the status of it now I should check because I don't even know 
Oh, okay. She's still not been allowed back in. And there are different takes on this, but I'm reading this in the Metro. Um, yeah, she basically... Britain neglected Shamima Begum when they allowed the conditions for her to be radicalized online from the safety of her East London home. They abandoned her when they reportedly found out she was smuggled into Syria by someone working with Western authorities. They let her down when they removed her right to return home and allowed her and her now deceased children, more of them have just died, to fester in a refugee camp, begging to return to the UK to any journalist who interviews her. Ooh, Shamima, regardless of her mistakes or crimes, was allegedly a victim of something far bigger than herself, and she shouldn't just be allowed to come home. She deserves to return to the country that brought her up in the first place. My God, she's a child bride who was trafficked, is my view on that. And the details of the case, you know, I've not been reading recently, but what a throwback. And of course, it's ongoing. And yeah, I think she's been used as a pawn you know greater um reality of islamophobia and i think it's very very sad catherine should i dump my therapist yes always dump your therapist if you are not meshing well with your therapist then it's just a bad match and i think a lot of really good therapists would tell you that if they felt it on their end as well it has to be a relationship that works for you and it's not mean-spirited to dump them I haven't even read your letter let's see what you say I recently started therapy for the first time in my life I needed to talk about a lot of things because my mom died seven years ago and I never had a chance to process that I also just graduated and turned 18 your mother died when you were 11 and the real world is hitting me hard and it's very scary and overwhelming yes even if your mother is alive Anyway, my therapist is a very nice, educated lady, but I feel like communication between us isn't quite right. I do feel like she listens, but I don't think she picks up on everything I'm trying to tell her. I don't think she understands what I'm trying to tell her sometimes. Maybe I just have too much to talk about. It's only been three weeks since I started. Well, look, you're 18, so you don't know this yet, but your intuition is always going to be the smartest thing about you the most evolved thing about you so I see you applying a lot of intellectual thought to this and a lot of kindness like I should give her a chance it's only been this but at the end of the day your gut is telling you this is a bad match I don't think she gets it and you need someone who gets it straight away and you will find that I don't know what avenues you're using to be matched up with a therapist because I know that uh, on the NHS it takes a really long time so it might be wise to keep talking to this professional until you have someone you know what I mean so that there's not a gap between um, whoever I don't know how that care is initiated unfortunately but just like relationships that are friendships, that are sexual relationships, that are working relationships, you are not going to be a perfect match with everyone. And you're not going to be a perfect match with every therapist. And currently, I think one of my friends must have the fucking worst therapist I've ever heard of in my life. She's always, but she loves her therapist. She's like, my therapist backs up everything I do. My therapist says I'm killing it. My therapist says that dating this guy is a great idea. And I'm like, your therapist sees you as a guaranteed kitchen extension and is has only fanned the flames of your problems in the last few years, if you ask me. But she hasn't asked me, so I'm not going to say it. Oh, yes, this is great. Because this episode has been largely defined by people disagreeing with me, and I love it. So this is in response to my last podcast, entitled fuck off pedo Catherine, blah 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 i like your podcast ddddd however i'm a little shocked by your comment that children should be taught the only response to an approach by a lone male is fuck off pedo to me this seems incredibly divisive and to treat every male as a potential abuser is incredibly unfair and a rule we don't tend to apply to other groups is every german a potential nazi i understand that having suspicion as a default is a protective measure in itself but is that really the way to live life if you applied the thought to other areas of life it would be incredibly dull and unfulfilling first of all no nazis have uh, enacted a genocide 
since the early to mid 1900s. But there are predatory men about every single day. If no woman had been preyed upon since World War II, then I wouldn't be telling you this advice. I've just become a mother to a little girl who turns one this month. So I really do empathize with the sentiment. It's something that I think too, but there must be a better way for our children to protect themselves without a me and them situation. And that allows our younger generation to live alongside men without such cynicism of an entire demographic. All right, so here's the point that I think maybe I needed to clarify a little bit more to facilitate our mutual understanding. Not every man who approaches you should be met with an aggressive response. It is totally dependent on the situation. If a young woman, and I'm talking about my daughter being 13, looking 11 or 12, sorry, Violet, but it's a good thing. You'll see, you'll appreciate it in the future. Alone, a, a lone man should never, ever approach a young woman in a vulnerable situation when she's alone. No, he shouldn't. He should be taught that. He should understand why he can't do that. Even if his intentions are good, it doesn't fucking matter. You do not approach a girl like If you think the girl's in trouble, then you seek someone else to approach her. You find a family or a woman or a police officer and you go, excuse me, I saw a little girl over there crying. I think she's in trouble, but I'm a 45-year-old guy and I don't think it's appropriate for me to approach her when she's alone in an alley. My daughter was in an alley and a random man by the bins approached her and started talking to her. No, men, it's not about teaching your girls this or that necessarily. It is about teaching lone men that no, they aren't always a threat, but certain situations are read as threatening and you manage those situations you know it's it's up to him to go oh it's not appropriate for me to approach a young girl on her own if a man is stupid enough to approach a young girl on her own then yes he should be met with fuck off pedo and that might make him go oh shit god yeah this looks bad i'm a good guy but i shouldn't be a pro what do i what do i need to approach a 13 year old girl on her own for and why do I not understand that she might feel, uh, you know, vulnerable or like intimidated by that? If a 13-year-old's with her parents and a man approaches and goes, oh, hi, family. I was just wondering if it's the 71 bus that I need. Da, 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 da. She smiles and she can even step forward in front of her pa- parents and go, hi, sir. Yeah, I'll tell you where the 71 bus goes. I know it well. Da, 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 da. Whatever. You know, Violet's very friendly to strangers when she's with us. And it, it's very, very dependent on the situation. A young, vulnerable woman alone or a woman at night, a lone male absolutely should not approach, should be taught better. And if he uh, doesn't follow that societal rule, then he should be met always with fuck off pedo. I hope that clarifies that's the end of this week's episode of telling everybody everything thank you so much for listening if you'd ever like to write me a letter the address is telling everybody everything at gmail.com it could be a letter about any old thing it could be a question it could be a comment it could be a criticism i don't mind i will see you next week if you'd like to see me before then we're on tour in stockholm thursday helsinki finland friday and then later like Hall and York and South End and some more places. Ooh, Paris and the Netherlands soon. Please look at Live Nation if you want to see me live because my tour is about to wrap up and then I won't be on tour again for at least a year and a half. So these are the last kind of 10 to 15 dates that we're throwing out for the Mrs. Tour. And that is it for a while. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.